Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley here. Brother Rufus is over there. Over there. Hey, Isn't Rufus. Isn't that a good song somewhere? Over there. Well, over it's there. a little before my time. Yeah. Well, before well, your I'm, time. I'm I'm a little, <laughs> little way before your time. So, did, did you have family members who served in World War I? Uh, well... Yes, uh, and Uncle Will uh, served in World War One, but the Spanish flu got him. Oh my! Yeah, he was out west. That, yeah. uh, they, believe it or not, were looking for uh, timber cruisers to get timber to build wooden airplane propellers. Oh my gosh! How and, about that? And, and Uncle Will, being from the mountains of Boone, North Carolina, was a timber cruiser. And got out there in the camp and, and uh, got Spanish flu and never made it back. Yeah. We had one one gentleman in town that I knew of who served in World War One, and he had, um, you know, battle fatigue. He, you know, he was a sweet, sweet man. He acted a little different. But uh, everybody uh, adored him, especially the, the kids in the neighborhood. But um, he he was a fine man. But he served in World War One, and there's a nice statue out in front of uh, Nash County Courthouse of uh, a World War One soldier. I yeah, don't know that you see a lot of those around, but uh, that terrible was, war. Yeah, it was a terrible war. But it um, you know some really unique. But I guess that was there. That that was a song of that era. I don't think we'll play that this morning. But I, I don't know. Who. Jason could even find that or not, even though he's, <laughs> oh, he, he's brilliant. He, believe me, he could find it. He wouldn't have any problem. Uh, Paul McKenzie is uh, certainly not from that era. Paul, how are you this morning, my friend? Oh, I'm doing very well. Uh, calling in from beautiful Vance County and uh, pleased, to, pleased to join you guys this morning. My grandfather, my understanding, is served in World War One, and somewhere we, we have a letter that oh. he sent home to to his uh, his wife, my grandmother. How about that? That's yeah. uh, that's that's really cool to have that. Yeah, yeah, real treasure. Oh. So you, um, I don't think you mind me saying you had so shoulder, not soldier, but shoulder surgery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, how are you doing? I, I'm doing well. Progress is slow, but but it's progress. So I'm. Um, uh, counting my blessing. Now, brother Rufus had uh, had shoulder surgery, and that, it's quite painful, isn't it, Rufus? Uh, <clears throat> Paul, I had what my uh, little nephew one time said. Uncle Rufus had his radiator radiator cap <laughs> <laughs> operated on, and I had a rotator cuff. <laughs> and, and I, I remember with my radiator cap operation, yeah. they they rolled me in there, and. With about three hours later, they rolled me out <clears throat> with all kinds of tubes attached to me and sent me home. And it was the worst pain I've ever had from any operation. Yeah. And I think that's pretty common 
uh, comment among those that yeah. get shoulder operations. And you don't play yeah. golf. A lot of a lot of golfers uh, end up with that surgery because you're extending and you're really working on those shoulder blades. When but, did you when did you have your surgery, Rufus? Well, he's already had, he oh, had I, it years ago. I, <clears throat> I was up home one weekend, and uh, I was driving stakes for Mama's tomato plants, and lifted a 16-pound sledgehammer, and I heard it pop. Oh, wow. Oh, oh okay. Oh, I, and I went down like we, we say in the mountains, a shot hog. <laughs> don't you and, hate that you don't even have a good story to tell? Like you know, fight Oh, that was a good story. Uh, 16, oh, it, you yeah. could. Uh... <laughs> so I never again said I will stake any tomatoes with a 16-pound sledgehammer. Yeah. Mine was uh, got knocked down by a wave in the ocean. Now, well, yours is more romantic than mine. Well, I, I mean, you know, there could have been a shark. I mean, I've, there could. could have been a shark involved. You're in offending it. him off. <laughs> right, yeah. So. Rock climbing accident. You know, I mean, something adventurous. Now, this one should make you both feel better, this story. It does not involve me. Dr. Jerry Punch, who was a emergency room doctor who was uh, also a, a commentator and reporter for ESPN uh, for, for many, many years racing, uh, treated race car drivers because he was, you know, he, they trusted him. Well, Richard Petty, uh, and among many, many injuries, uh, separated his shoulder during a wreck. He hit the wall at uh, Daytona, and uh, his, his, uh, his shoulder was separated. And they could not get, get it uh, to stay in place. And he was going to drive at Richmond. So Jerry, he, he, so they were holding. He says, well, what do we do? So they stripped him down, his, took off his shirts, and they used duct tape, the wide duct tape. <laughs> and they taped, taped his shoulder in place. So he, he, could, uh, he couldn't use his right arm. He kind of, they put it in a position where he could hold the steering wheel and kind of re- use the shifter. They hooked something up so he could use his shifter with his wrist. Oh, my goodness. He drove the whole 400 miles, 400 <clears throat> laps of that race. Yeah. And uh, Jerry Punt just told his crew chief not to, you know, when he uh, finished the race, not to let him uh, take the tape off for 30 to 40 minutes. Oh. <laughs> and... Uh, they uh, they said why, and he says because I don't want to be in the same county when they have to pull that off <laughs> Richard's shoulder. Because don't you know that uh, which would hurt worse, the the shoulder injury or pulling that duct tape off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope that makes y'all feel a little better. Uh, that does. <laughs> well, are Are you in a swing? I am. Yeah. Uh, about three more weeks. Just tell everybody you got in a fight. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, let's let's uh, go to Dave. Dave called in early here. Dave, good morning. You're on WPTF. Good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah. So he was in a fight, but you got to see how the other guy turned. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so hey, um, I call you guys about my Carolina cherry laurels that I'm trying to get into position and all. And last we spoke, um, I think uh, I think uh, 
Tam or Phil had suggested to knock some off the top so they'll fill in more on the sides. And I was watching a video of a lady who was trimming these things more to help them get to fill in. And she was saying, that, you know, trim the spots that you want to fill out more by cutting down to leaf nodes on the side. Mm-hmm. And when's the right time of year to do that? Paul, would you recommend doing that now? Uh, yeah, that should be uh, late February, early March. What's the bloom time on that? I'm not remembering right offhand. Um, um, I've never had them bloom, but when I was looking at them uh, earlier, actually yesterday, um, I can see on one of the nicer ones down in the sun, it's already starting to get the nice buds and stuff on okay. it. So, okay. So you would yeah, probably want to prune that after after it blooms, so it'll, yeah, it'll be a spring yeah. bloomer. Well, Dave, I, I have a cherry laurel that's now up, up about 20 feet and very wide, and I've never had any any berries on it. I, I, I've forgotten what kind of berries they're supposed to be, but I, I love the shape of the tree, and it grow, mine grew very rapidly. I don't know how quickly yours grew, but if you top that baby, it'll it'll put on a couple feet within a year. Yeah, I look I look forward to that. Um, Do you have a lot of sun? Does this plant expose to a lot of sun? The one with the berries or the the starts of flowers uh, is, and the ones that are more shaded are the ones that are more scraggly and stuff. Yeah, but that's why they're scraggly. Well, uh, mine's in the shade. That that explains it. Yeah, mine's in the shade. Yeah. Yeah, so we're working on getting rid of some of the crappier trees around us to get them all some. There you go. There you go. That's uh, that's a good way to handle it. And there there would be no harm in pruning it now. It's just that you would be missing the spring blooms. Um, so a lot of people would elect to wait until just after it bloomed. Um, and it, it, pruning is hard to explain over the radio, uh, but. You know, you want to do a combination of heading back and thinning cuts. So if you if you can find a good YouTube video that explains the difference of those two cuts, heading back versus thinning, um, that will help you maintain a, a good appearance and structure for that. There's not a lot to thin on these things because they're naturally thin right now. Okay, then maybe just heading back will do it for you. Oh, yeah. that 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 will spread it out. There's no question about it. Yeah. Does anybody and, remember uh, a person of my age, back in my day, it was very common for people to go around topping trees. Just, yeah. Just for the heck of it. Oak trees, uh, maple trees. Well, they saw, I'm sure they probably saw power companies doing it and yeah. painting the trunks with uh, white paint. Yeah. So had some of that, too, in, down home. Hey, uh, one, other, one other question. So one of these, um, one of these cherry laurels has uh, – you know, like a stretch in the middle of the, I'll call it the main, the main stalk of it, with no branches coming off. Is there a way to stimulate growth on those areas? I, I, I Paul might think of some magic that I haven't thought of. I don't think so. I mean, you yeah, can't notch it or somehow ring it or anything like that. Are you sure it's still alive? Oh, I'm sure it's alive. But you say it's just not got any. What's the issue with it again? Yeah, so let's say I've got an let's say I've got an eight foot tall tree, and then down in the three and four foot area, there's like a, a place where there's no branches coming off of that area. So it's oh, oh, oh. to fill in more. Oh, um, well, it you know, uh, so is it kind of a single trunk 
or yes. is it multiple? Yeah, yeah, not really, um, because you know those those areas are going to be shaded out, and, and a tree's not going to put branches and leaves out with, where where it's shaded. Um, yeah, so short of cutting it back to that point <laughs> and getting it, you know, a lot of so you may just kind of be stuck with a tree form uh, plant there. Okay, so as long as there's sunlight on it, there's hope that at some point there may be a branch that springs from there. Yeah, but if you got branch, you know, if it's branching up, to, up above there, then the canopy of that of of the plant is going to shade out the lower. Um, yeah, it's not it's not uh, thick enough to shade anything out, really. Right. So maybe there is a hope. Well, I I don't think if you haven't had any any branches out that you're going to get any because I've got certain trees that way. And they just oh. don't want to seem to grow in that. I've got a, a beautiful 40-foot high holly tree, and there's one spot that I've just, uh, I keep wishing for a, a branch to come out there. It's just not going to come because I, I guess it wasn't in the DNA. Yeah, it's something you kind of need to handle through selective pruning early in the lifespan and kind of maintaining it in, at, at a size and, and shape where you want it. Um so at this point, if you start seeing a lot of side branches, that could well indicate some type of stress, either from an insect or a disease issue. So, okay, yeah, and I I, I just checked. Uh, fly, you uh, you trim or prune after flowering. Got it. No. Well, Dave, well, why why did you choose a a cherry laurel? Um, I chose them because of their deer resistance. I chose them because of the flowers, and I chose them because I'm trying to get rid of the Leland cypresses that uh, we've got along there that are at the end of their life. And I'm trying <laughs> Amen. to lock in. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, there there are you know there are a lot of alternatives. Uh, if you you know if you lose any, that what we always advocate is not not planting uh, a row of several of the of the same plant but uh you know planting s- several different species uh, s- several different types of trees and shrubs together and uh so let us know i mean are they uh, have you found them to be deer resistant um not really <laughs> Um, when we first Darn put it. them in, they started rubbing their heads on them and almost took one of them out. Oh, okay. Hitting all the bark and stuff on it. And uh, I've been careful to uh, have them netted or spraying with the uh, ear spray and stuff, which has helped a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay, thanks a lot. Sorry I, about I'm that, but uh, yeah, continue. please keep calling us and uh, we appreciate you doing that. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a nice day. You too. Bye. Carolina cherry laurel. Huh, how about that? Yeah. Well, I think it's a, a, got a pretty greenery to it. I just don't have any yeah. any blossoms yet. I'm, yeah, I think that, that has to do with the sun yeah. or the, or the yeah. lack thereof. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I was just reading about uh, it's, it's, it has good drought tolerance, which is which uh, doesn't really matter right now in this part of the state. But, hey, uh, Rufus, I think y'all are going to get some snow tonight up there in Boone. You think Let her so? rip. <laughs> well, I think we're going to go through the through the through this, uh, this season with no snow. 
on the ground. Well, I guarantee you, if it snows about three flakes down here, all the flakes will come out driving, and they'll be the, the biggest traffic jam you've ever seen. <laughs> That's right. You might have to flash your badge. Oh Somebody my. gets out of out of order. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Let's head to Oak Island and Bruce. Bruce, how are you today? I'm doing well this morning, weekend gardener. How are all of you? We are fantastic, and I'm reading the this silly report about Oak Island being one of the most dangerous beaches because of hurricanes and shark attacks and all of this stuff. And I was just laughing about it. It just doesn't make any sense. Yes, and actually the federal government many years ago recognized North Carolina as the most dangerous state in the country, so I must live in the most dangerous place. <laughs> well, that's what they said. Is this Dr. Bruce Caron? Yes, sir, it is. My goodness. Uh, let me give him a little proper introduction. This, Please do. This is a dear friend, uh, Mike and uh, Paul and, and the audience out there. He is responsible for making the North Carolina... J.C. Burns Center, one of the most preeminent in America, yes, has, like has been fantastic, was the, the chair of the faculty senate, and those are the people that, that raised cane with the faculty, and a member of the Rare Disease Council and just a splendid individual hmm. that I've gotten to know over the years. And uh, he's, North Carolina is lucky to have Dr. Bruce Caron. And I have heard... Rufus, talk about you so many times, uh, Doctor. He, oh, uh, I'm so glad to hear that that five dollars still goes <laughs> a long way. Yeah, yeah. Rufus works cheap. He he works for absolutely nothing here. <laughs> well, that's so, what you get. You, know, you get what you pay for. <laughs> you know, like so many North Carolinians, I consider myself an FOR, a friend of Rufus. Absolutely, Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, you know, I've lived in North Carolina for so long. It's my home state. But when I think about the state motto and I think about my question, I'm more likely to seem than to be. uh, (laughs) I am no weekend gardener. Um, But I'm going to bring up a couple of uh, comments or questions about my my little modest property down here in Oak Island. And uh, I'm going to use a little bit of Latin, and since, you know, Rufus is Latin, and he had that classical education up on the hill, I'm sure he can help us out. But, um, so it's a, it's a beautiful place. It's about three-minute walk from the water. But I have a real problem um, with trying to grow anything. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in the Ilex vomitaria, which is, uh, you know, I'm in the Yopon section of uh, of Oak Island, and that has a, that name has an interesting history. But that's the the Yopon bush, and um, I, I have a bunch of live oak. Um, and uh, so, what it means having a live oak is I cannot grow grass, and I'm not even sure if I should be trying to grow grass down there on the beach. And when I looked up the soil composition of of the kinds of things down there. Um, they, there was a guy who made a comment, um, that the only thing that grows down there is, uh, uh, oak trees and pine trees. And I guess the Yopon bush. But my question is, um, and I haven't had Yopon tea, by the way, you know, it's the only bush, it's the only, uh, caffeinated, uh, plant in America and, uh, actually rivaled, uh, English tea, Chinese tea back in the day. That's another story. But 
Well, no, I want to hear more about that. Is it, does it yeah. give you a joke? Is that a joke? <laughs> Not like if, vodka. If you, if you drink it, does it give you a joke? <laughs> well, no. So the reason it's called Ilex Vomitaria. <laughs> it makes you vomit. It comes in handy. Well, so so the so it was it was uh, uh, named by a Scot who in the late 1700s uh, was. Uh, observed the Native Americans drinking this tea um, as a ritual, and then they would they would throw up, and uh, and so he called it vomitaria. But in fact, um, uh, Gilpon tea was so popular that um, it was rivaling the English tea companies. And some think that that name was a slur to try to decrease its popularity. And in fact, interestingly enough, Gilpon tea. Now I'm getting all this from the BBC, so you gotta you gotta wonder. But anyway, that Yopon tea was was uh, a tea that was drink drank by the commoners, and uh, so the idea was is that you know we that that Yopon tea was lowbrow, and so that's one of the reasons why it sort of faded in popularity, and most people don't know about this tea, but it's now making a making a resurgence. But in any case. The, the bush is, uh, it grows everywhere, but, you know, because I'm, I'm worse of a weekend gardener than I am a weekend warrior and I get hurt all the time. Um, I don't, I need to figure out how to plant the thing and, and where to plant it. And I'm not going to take down the live oak trees. It's just, it's just so beautiful. Uh, Oak Island, of course, but I don't know if you have any comments on the soil of the, the coastal plain. Um, and maybe how to grow things for somebody like me. Are, are you wanting to grow grass, Bruce? I would like to, but yeah, is that a good idea? That's I, I don't think that's going to hap- <clears throat> happen with a root system. The the lack of sunlight and the root system of uh, those huge, probably huge uh, live oaks because they're going to compete with the grass for water and uh, with a sandy soil. Anyway, the uh, you know there's going to be no water accumulation anywhere, and it's really going to be tough. And I, uh, doctor, if you don't mind holding on a couple of minutes, we're going to uh, take a break for the news. We're up against the up against the news here, and we'll um, talk about this after the news. Thank you. More of the weekend gardener coming up on WPTF. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back on WPTF, and uh, Dr. Bruce Cairns is with us uh, from Oak Island this morning. And, uh, Paul, the uh, the problem is sandy soil, shade, large trees, and uh-huh. the desire for something to grow under them. What might the yeah. doctor uh, do with this, this yeah, area? Yeah, so... Um, it, it, if I were approaching landscaping my beach home, I would want uh, to leave, again, if it was off the beach, you know, in that kind of um, maritime forest kind of environment, I would want to maintain, you know, as much as possible that, you know, the live oaks and and, Absolutely. and that natural habitat. But then I would want to dedicate a small portion uh, of, of my property to a more showy, well-groomed landscape. And 
you would have you would you would probably want to have some sun. So if you have at least a small area, you know, even if it's just a tenth of an acre or something that um, that gets full sun, or if you can do some strategic um, thinning or limbing uh, uh, to get some full sun, then having a small patch of turf in a showy area, I'd go with either Bermuda or centipede or zoysia, one of the warm season grasses. Um, you would you would want an irrigation system because of that sandy soil that just doesn't hold water. Um, and then you could even have you know a small perennial bed. Um, when I went to the uh, NC State Plants database to refresh my memory on the uh, the Yopon holly, which is a wonderful native plant, um, I found a link to uh, a project by North Carolina Sea Grant. Um, which is a coastal education research program, uh, and they have some native plant picks. They have a list of native plant picks that they recommend for coastal environments, and it's got some great plants. It's got American beautyberry, it's got goldenrod, wild indigo, sweet pepperbush, uh, black-eyed susans, uh, dwarf palmetto, little blue stem. So there are lots of things you can grow um, in that soil and in that environment, but uh, for a lot of it, you will need at least a small patch of, of full sun. And if you're willing to create that or utilize that, you know, in a place where it's going to have the biggest impact, you know, as you're pulling into your driveway, as your guests arrive or whatever, um, and, 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 you know, just devote that small section to kind of that showy area of your landscape. Uh, and Doctor, I think I, those beautiful uh oaks that uh that that you have the live oaks i i I think i would just maintain them and make sure that uh they are healthy and just i I guess just keep the the area neat and native well this all sounds great i just have a a, a, just a quick additional question Mm -hmm. sure um the the oaks cover the whole property and you know i'm oh i'm reluctant to prune them and uh so, and and I don't have an irrigation system, and so I can't even get weeds to grow. So I <laughs> I, I think that um, uh, you know getting the plants that were recommended, I certainly will will do that. But is there anything that grows where you don't have sun and you have these leaves falling, and you don't have an irrigation system um, that can keep that that native uh, environment on the property? Well, I think I think ground covers, Paul or Rufus, uh, might be the only answer, and I, I think there are a few of them. They would have to be. Uh, well, you don't have pines, but I have. I guess you now. Do you just leave the leaves on the ground, or do you rake them into piles, or do you do you do anything well, else with the leaves, or you just let them stay there? I was leaving them on the ground, but there's so many. I've been I've been uh, raking them up. Yeah, and. Uh, um, so, so now the ground, ground looks a little bare. Yeah. So it, again, they're going to fall. And if there's a ground cover cover and I leak right up the leaves, is that going to strip the land again? I'm just trying to figure out how yeah. to take it. Now, a lot of people just take down the oak trees. And yeah, I wouldn't do that. So Absolutely not. not. Yeah. Well, so, looking at your question from another angle, I, I, of course, I always go to the, the North Carolina extension plant toolbox 
online database of over 4,000 plants searchable, and I selected deep shade, sandy soil, coastal environment, and I got 130 plants. Um, now, you know, I'd want to narrow it down much further, you know, and you can narrow it down by you know, landscape location or landscape theme. You can select native as your theme. Um, that gets you down to 45 plants. Um, and you'll find lots of great options. Um, I think he would have to have something that enjoys dry shade. Yeah, true. So that narrows it down. That narrows it down even more. What about leaving the leaves? Uh, should should he just let the leaves stay there, uh, or uh, or rake them? I I think I would leave them there. Having something protecting the soil and the root system, uh, I, I think yeah. I'm more in favor of. How how large is the lot? Oh, it's small, very modest. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a third of an acre. Quarter okay. acre. Yeah. You said a third to a fourth? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would still I would still kind of approach it where I would identify, you know, some smaller areas that I could create some beds and plant some shade tolerant plants um, that are gonna give you the most impact, whether it's you know, walking up the sidewalk or, you know, curb appeal type, just depending on your your preferences, just having a couple of two or three beds, and they don't have to be big beds, in my opinion. Um, and and fill them in, you know, like like Mike said, ground covers, but there's you know ferns. Um, and I think there are some things that will tolerate that environment and and the the drought conditions um, and the shade. Um, you know, you're probably going to have to irrigate to get them established, but you can do that dragging hose if it's just, you know, some small beds. Um, but I, I think you've got some options. Uh, I'm not. I, let me see if we can. Uh, we have Faye, who is a master gardener in Orange County, that has some suggestions. Uh, Jason, can we can we get all three on the on the line? I'm not sure how well you'd be able to hear each other, but. Uh, uh, doctor, this is uh, Faye. Faye, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Mike. How are you today? Yeah, you haven't called us for a while. So um, what suggestions do you have for Bruce? Well, I was working on the biodiversity project when we did our plant sale in Orange County last year, and we got a lot of interesting information, lots of interesting information on native plants and how to use them. But one suggestion I would have is uh, the plant toolbox, of course, is, is the way to start. The other uh, resource that NCSU has is the rain garden information. He was saying, I, I heard the phrase about um, plants that don't need to be watered. Rain garden uh, plants might be a good choice to look at because sometimes they get their water, you know, when it rains, but they don't have some at other times. So that might be a good choice of a step to look at. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would do is if you have oak trees, please don't cut them. Yeah. You need to read Doug Ptolemy's book, Taking Nature Home, or just go on Amazon and look for Doug Ptolemy, T-A-L-L-A-M-Y, and read his books, and you will see what a wonderful resource you have in those oak trees. They provide insects and food for birds. You will not believe what nature you bring to your yard if you'll leave them. And live oaks, too. don't think about taking those out. You might could take out your leaves and mush them up and put them back if you don't want the full-size leaf. Like oak leaves are pretty big. Yeah. 
So you might want to think about that. But anyway, those are some suggestions I would look at. And we have the resources for the rain guard material on NCSU DES um, website. So good luck with that. You have some wonderful resources to work with. Thank you, Faye. Sure, you're welcome. Anytime. I really love what y'all are talking about. Right Thank now. you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Let me show uh, my friend Bruce how old-fashioned I am. What he has described to me already is something I wouldn't touch. Yeah, I, 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 Bruce, I, I think you're you're trying too hard to have a little suburban yard look there, and it's not bothering you, is it? Why, why, why would you want to change what you've got? Well, no, sir. As you know, I I talk a lot, but don't say much. And I'm here to learn, and I'm so grateful that Faye called in because I was not going to touch those oak trees. Yeah. And so that's the first thing. I don't want to change that. And I'm not interested in creating a suburban environment at all. I just don't want it to have, you know, a bare look because I'm doing the yeah. wrong thing. And so I guess that was the other question I had is since I don't know how to grow anything, Rufus gave me a tobacco stick that I don't have to try to grow. <laughs> Fine. Um you know, uh, where, where do you go to get landscaping advice? Is it on these uh, resources? Because, you know, I'm not, I get all kinds of advice and very little of it is good. Now, this has been great, but where do you go if you don't know what the heck you're doing? Well, uh, it's already been mentioned. The uh, North Carolina State University, well, it's the North Carolina Cooperative Extension Plant Toolbox, is a great resource. But they, if you'll, you can Google all kinds of uh, things from North Carolina State. Uh, uh, coastal plants in North Carolina. I usually put North Carolina in the in uh, whatever I'm Googling, and uh, it, it will bring us plants that, that work well. But the plant toolbox that North Carolina State University maintains is a great resource. And uh, as, Tom, as uh, Paul said, it's, it's searchable. Also, the now is, is Oak Island in New Hanover or Brunswick? Hender. Brunswick. 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 Okay, yeah. Brunswick Cooperative Extension Service uh, would would have some information on that, uh, and that's usually the best resource. But you, that, you know, actually talking to people who live in the area and what they might do. There are master gardeners, I suppose, in in Brunswick. There certainly are in New Hanover County. New Hanover County has uh, an arboretum and they they won a lot of awards. That's that's quite a place over there on Oleander Drive. Yeah. Well, Bruce, uh, the, the best the best place for you to go is the good local nursery. A good local nursery's great. See, so you can see what the plant looks like. They they wouldn't carry something that wouldn't grow in that area and take some photos of your landscape. Yeah. Well, this is all wonderful, and I'm so glad I called in. And I am, too. You know, I'm a Tar Heel, but I've always loved NC State. So, yeah. So, Wolfpack, and I'll, and I'll follow all these recommendations. Lots to think about. Thank you so much. It's, well, a, I'm it's not an going, honor talking to you, Doctor. I'm, I'm going Tar Heels tonight, Dr. Karen. <laughs> Carolina does play tonight. Yeah. Yes. They, they, it depends on whether or not it's hot or cold, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> Thank well, don't uh, don't be a stranger. Please call us again, Doctor, if you have any other questions. Really, that's usually when I start to run because they usually call security. So I'm <laughs> glad you're willing to talk to me again. And it's such a wonderful show. And, and, and thank you all again. 
Thank you, Doctor, yeah. very, very much for calling. Thank you. Bye. Bye. What a gentleman. You've talked about him so many times. Yes. So many times. He, yeah. he, he made the UNC Burn Center what it is, which is a nationally known healing place. Yeah. And, and it always gives great credit to the JCs because the formal name of it is the UNC JC Yep, Burn Center. Absolutely. And, and they did a, a fantastic, mm-hmm. marvelous job. Yep. And uh, I'm very honored that I serve on an advisory board. Uh, the governor's uh, father was a JC. Yes. Uh, it was also Roy Cooper, a uh, lawyer in Nashville, uh, who passed away several years ago, a great man. And he was, he was the one who was in charge of uh, dealing with – uh, former President Truman, when Mr. Truman came to Nashville to speak at the behest of Congressman Harold Cooley wow. during our uh, October Harvest Festival. And so he had to kind of keep up with, and he had to talk uh, Mr. Truman into putting his uh, his uh, feet or his shoes standing in some cement so we could have an outline of his of his shoes that we could keep for posterity. They're now in the they're now in the uh, Nash County courthouse on display, but uh, he, the, the he wasn't shoes, too happy about it. So the shoes or the prints, the prints. Yeah, his shoes are. You, not you didn't make him go home with no <laughs> yeah. shoes. Once he uh, once he, he he stepped out, it, his shoes didn't stay there. So yeah, I, I misspoke. <laughs> I didn't describe it very well, but uh, Mr. Truman was was not real happy about doing that, and and uh, Mr. Cooper was you know, had had that task. <laughs> well, he got a resoling job in a different sort of way. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, at any rate, that was a roundabout way of uh, talking about, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how I got there. Uh, Skip is in Raleigh. Hey, Skip. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Uh, I th- we're pretty good. Pretty good. How about you? I, I'm doing well. Things are great. Thank you. How's everything um, at your church? Uh, church is good. You know, we've learned the lesson, the farming lesson, the first year when you've got fallow ground, everything's great. And then you start planting stuff on it, bugs and nematodes and bunnies. And, uh, it, you know, now I get a sense of what farmers have to deal with oh. all the time. Yep. I, uh, so here's I, the deal. Um, at our home, uh, I want to plant some encore azaleas, a particular variety called autumn chiffon, and I've been checking uh, garden centers around for weeks and months, and nobody seems to have them. I can order them online, but I'm a little reluctant. Any uh, any wisdom about ordering plants online versus just being patient, hoping someone in the area gets Now, Rufus, you've done that. Well, I, uh, yes, I I've I've done that before, but I don't I don't recommend it for something like an encore azalea. You you don't really know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you tried uh, Logan's? Have you tried Phil uh, the Campbell Road Nursery? Have you I've tried Logan's, Campbell's, Homewood, Home Depot, Lowe's, uh, Home Improvement? Um, Call the Garden uh, Hut. Nelsa. Um, and I'd drive to Boone to get them if I could find them, but uh, <laughs> it, 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 that's worth driving no matter what. In fact, Rufus is supposed to be keeping an eye on the retired sheriff's family's home for me when it goes on sale because my wife would love to own it. But um, Oh, yes, that is a gorgeous place, isn't it? 
It is gorgeous, and I don't see that it, the family's going to relinquish it anytime soon. Well, well, so let me just say, Encore Azalea is is a widely you know planted uh, you know type of azalea, and, and and should be pretty widely available. I'm wondering if it's a matter of timing. Uh, most people are going to buy their azaleas in the spring when they're blooming. Have you tried checking the nurseries in the spring? So just wait a little while longer. Cause, uh, yeah, that's when uh, most of the nurseries get their, their large stock is in, in the spring. Yeah, because we don't need to see it blooming because we already know how it blooms. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're just... Uh, so you're looking for a specific variety of Encore Zaya, a yeah, name yeah, variety? Autumn Chiffon. Autumn Chiffon. Okay. And yeah, so I, I, that's why uh, we know what it blooms like. We just re, we just pulled out um, half a dozen of them because they were about as uh, as big as the uh, White House Christmas tree. So uh, we thought it was time to uh, re, they couldn't be pruned back to any reasonable size. So uh, we, we're going to replace them with some one gallon if we can get them. Containers yeah. And, yeah, that's and a very pretty one. Uh, pink center and it's white with a pink center. That's uh, yeah, 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 that's I really pretty. Um, yep. Yeah, I'd, I'd um, you know keep checking with with the nurseries. I, I'll just do that because uh, I'd love to get them in uh, before the rainy season really comes here. If there is such a thing this year, yeah, I think we are in it right now. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm yeah, leaving the country. Yeah, I wouldn't count on the summer being a rainy time. season. <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit confused about your saying that they're too large. To trim down, I, I, I would have a hard time ever doing that to any of my nearly hundred-year-old azaleas that might be ten feet tall. Uh, oh yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, well, they're in front of the house, so we don't want to uh, let them get so, so big that yeah. they obscure the house. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah you more, yeah. more, and more at, diminutive. At our ages, uh, they won't get big while we're still in the house, right? Um, unless we set a new world record for how right. long people live. <laughs> well, I hope you do, Skip. Let us know if you find one. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for the good advice, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll certainly be calling again when the church garden season cranks up, which is pretty soon. Well, please, please do. I hope, you, I hope you get that house in Boone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, you call me Rufus, we'll be driving up there in uh, three hours, putting down an offer. Okay. All right. Thank Great. you. Take easy. See you, Skip. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up.